Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And today we would jump, we figured we'd jump on the trend of Olympic week. Uh, if you missed it this week, uh, one year from now, I think it was Wednesday, this past Wednesday, uh, the Winter Olympics should be getting underway. And, uh, you know, as long as COVID clears up by then, which, uh, fingers crossed, uh, the NHL should be going. That, that was in the CBA agreement, as long as they can fit it in their schedule. So everyone's been making their Olympic rosters, and we figured, why not? We'll do the same. So Jason and I have made rosters for Canada, United States, Sweden, Russia, and Finland. I have a feeling teams like Russia and Finland are going to be a lot quicker than someone like Canada and the States because there's a lot less players to choose from. And that's why we we didn't bother doing like the Czech Republic because honestly, I don't know if we'd be able to fill out four full lines of the Czech Republic just with NHL players. And uh, I, I don't really need to be researching KHL players who might be playing fourth line on a 2022 potential Olympic team. So um Without without be more being said, let's just start with the uh, Canadian roster. I guess we'll go probably four defense and goaltender, so we can list uh, our top line. We'll go line by line. I guess I, I don't know a great way to do this, but we'll go line by line. And the Athletic has a couple of them out too, and we can we can kind of compare there. So I'll, I'll start with my top line. It's actually the exact same as the Athletics. Um, I I'll, I'll start with my top six. Really, uh, my my first line is Marshan McDavid and Mitch, Mitch Marner. Uh, and then I have on my second line, Crosby, McKinnon, and Stone. Uh, you can swip, cr- switch Crosby and McKinnon center. I really don't care which one of them plays. The idea here is the first line is all offense all the time. The second line is uh, more of a shutdown line. Uh, you know, Stone's one of the best two-way forwards in the league. Uh, Crosby's responsible defensively, and McKinnon's a pretty solid two-way player as well. So uh, what do you think of that, Chase, and what do you have? Yeah, I have a feeling at least the top of the Canada roster is basically just going to be different names or like, uh, you know, like same names, different spots in the lineup, basically. I have McKinnon, McDavid, and Stamkos on the top line. Stamkos is one of the people I'm a little more passionate about that should be definitely on this team and probably even higher up that I've seen not around much. And then Martian and Crosby and Point is the second line. That's what I add. Yeah, that's not bad. I have, uh, I left Stamkos off my team. Well, not really. I have him as my extra on the team, um, but I didn't have him on my starting 12, although I'm really not passionate about one or two of the guys, especially bottom in the lineup. Like um, I'll say right now, I have Ryan O'Reilly in the bottom of my lineup and you could take him and swap him with Stamkos or like there'll, there'll be three or four names that we list. And I really wouldn't be that uh, upset about it, but um, yeah, I have point on my team as well. My third line is Huberto point and Barzell. Um, this is a t- team Canada's is a tough one because they have so many good centermen that uh, you have to move them to wings. A lot of them. Right. And so with my third line, uh, you know, Huberto, I think is just one of the best left wings in the world. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's crucially underrated. He's had back to back like 90 points or point per game seasons pretty much. Um, and, uh, you know, Braden points amazing. I think you could slide him to a wing as well, but I had him as my third center and just load up the top six. And then uh, Barzell on the right side. Uh, Barzell's another guy that I'm more projecting forward because this is a year in advance as well. I think there's probably a good enough argument that Barzell is not, uh, maybe not a lock for this team as of his results right now, but I, I think for 2022, he very well could be. Yeah, I have Barzell on my team too, for the same reason that like, the age curve isn't on the side of a lot of Canada's legacy players like your Bergerons and Marchand and Crosby's of the world. Whereas Barzell, we should expect to get better and he's already really good. So it's pretty, it's easy to pencil him in, even though he might not, he might be like 13th forward right now, but assume he'll be like a ninth forward by the time it comes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Who do you have on your third line? I had Barzell, Couturier and Marner. Okay. Yep. So we have, I think most, the only one you have is Stamkos, I think, different than me. And I have Huberto, other than you. But I have uh, my fourth line, Couturier's on it. He's my fourth line center. Right now, I have Ryan O'Reilly and Shifley. Uh, my thought process there was Couturier is one of the best two-way centers. Ryan O'Reilly's really good defensively. Shifley is not as good defensively, but I'm hoping he provides a bit of an offensive spark and the other two can hold it up. Um, but again, I, as I said, there's a couple guys that I think I could switch out there too, and we'll get to them in a second. Who was who on your fourth line? Yeah, so the other one difference, my fourth line, not in terms, I don't think he should be like 
on fourth line in terms of ice time, but it starts with Mark Stone, Patrice Bergeron, and then Anthony Sorelli. Basically, I figure Canada can run a fourth line like this that takes essentially every D zone start so that your Crosby's and McKinnon of the world's never have to take a defensive zone face off. They can just all be offensive. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Um, I didn't have Bergeron on my team. I just, I, I feel like he's going to be too old and just like there's so much skill on this team. Like um, if he makes it, I wouldn't, it's, it's not a guy I would be crucially upset by, by any means, but um, you know, I left him off. I had O'Reilly on mine instead. And then my extras, I had Tavares and Stamkos and then possibles. I had uh, Horvat, R&H, Connect, Connect Me was my first one. And then I had Bergeron, Horvat and R&H as my other four, like, kind of on the bubble. Sorelli's a good name. I didn't really think of either. You know, that, that would be a, a not bad option if he, especially if he takes another step forward next year too. Yeah. It's kind of penciled in this, the progression from him. And then, yeah, like the Bergeron, I think it's just so perfect for him to take defensive zone starts, even though he's lost a little bit of a step because you don't really want to make David McKinnon, whoever line starting any shifts in the D zone if you don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that, that's our top 12. And, you know, I don't know if you had any extras that you wanted to list or not, but the extras I had O'Reilly and Hall. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I considered Hall as well, but I, I don't know. He, he really needs to have a good, like a very good year again this year and then be solid next year for him to make this team. And I don't even think that's a slight on him. There's just so much damn talent on this Canadian team. It's super tough to make the Canadian team as a winger too. Yes. Like there's, there's just so many, like my top six, Marshawn's the only true winger I have. And then it's five centers. Yeah. I, I mean, even, even on my team, I only have three, no, four true wingers, Stone, Marner, Marshan, and Huberdo, and everyone else is a centerman. Yeah, exactly. I have the exact same ones. I get, it depends if you call Stamkos a winger at this point in his career too, I guess. I but, probably would. Yeah. But exactly. I guess it, it's so offensive heavy. Yeah, and like they the Babcock thing where you have like your lefties and righties only taking face-offs on their strong side, like it's such a minuscule thing, but Team Canada should definitely be doing stuff like that because they're gonna have like eight all-star centers for 12 forwards forward spots. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and this is how it always is with Canada too, right? Um and their GM got named uh this week too. It's the the blues GM, uh uh Doug Armstrong. Doug Armstrong? Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. Doug. Yep. Uh, I, was, I was laying on his first name, but yeah, Doug Armstrong. Um, Luongo is an assistant GM, which I, I, I didn't really see coming. Um, and uh, yeah. blanking on the other GMs, the assistant GM. Um, Doug Armstrong. Armstrong was the only one I knew of, to be honest. Yeah. Luongo got named and then there was someone else who's a GM in the league, but I, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, Ken Holland. Oh, and yep. then, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Ron Francis, Roberto Luongo, Don Sweeney are also um, helping. Okay. So a bunch of interesting names in there, but uh, yeah, he, he had a, I'm trying to quote today is what I was getting to or yesterday about how he's not building an all-star team. He wants a balance of stuff. Um, and I don't even know what that means because literally there's like, you could pick any 12 of like 24, four options for team Canada's forwards and you're building an all-star team. That's just how deep they are in the talent pool. Yeah. And they're so ridiculous. Like you can, the weirdest part about Canada is you can say we're going for balance by saying like my fourth line of Bergeron, Sorelli and Stone. You can say you're going for balance by putting defensive players there. Well, like those guys are all in like the 90th percentile offensively or better. So like you can call it balance if you want, but like, still an all-star team unless you're putting like fourth liners on the fourth line yeah exactly like what kind of america did with the 2016 world cup right and um you know the the defense is where i'm a little more worried about that we'll go through the athletics real quick though um it was eric uh uh dust dust i believe his name is i i feel like i butchered that last name and also uh, thomas durant's made a team as well um we'll go with durant's real quick he went mcdavid mckinnon barzell's the top line Marsha and Crosby Bergeron is the second line. Tavares, Point, Marner, uh, Hall, O'Reilly, Stone. And then his extras were Couturier and Stamkos up front. So a lot of uh, the chemistry balance that they, we've seen from Team Canada in past years and just teammates. Um, and Eric had Marsha, McDavid, Marner, 
R&H, McKinnon, Stone, Crosby, Point, and Shifley, uh, Huberto, Horvat, and Barzell with uh, Couturier and O'Reilly as extras. Uh, R&H being on the second line confuses the, the is the big confusing one for me. I, I really uh, I don't get that one. I'm not going to lie. I don't think R&H would be in the top six of a second team Canada. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like beyond like playing center on a second team Canada. No, I would. Yeah, he would not be center. I, I think I, I would have him on the wing somewhere. But like, he's definitely just like, yeah, I had him in my honorable mentions or whatever. But even that puts him at the 14th, like 7th, 16th, 17th forward. Because I'd say there's probably four or five guys I would take ahead of him still. Like, Yeah, like that's that's weird. See, here's a point I want. Stamkos not being very high on either of those lists wild to me. I think, I think it's because he was so he's been so hurt the past couple of years that it's like it's kind of it's not hard. I don't know. It's more difficult to project how he's going to go going forward, because as we've seen in the past year, any given year, he could be missing time. And as you get older and older, one would think that those injuries probably don't help either. Right. Yeah, that is true. He could easily be hurt. But like Stamkos has just been so like quietly, insanely efficient these past few years. Like, I feel like he's almost become underrated because other people in Tampa get all the credit. But, like, where do you think he ranks in league-wide war over the past three seasons? God, I don't know. Um, no idea. Top 10, probably? Oh, he's missed some time, but it's close to that. Let's pull it up right now. Steven Stamkos ranks eighth. Yeah, but I mean, which is impressive considering how much he's missed. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think he's just still fantastic, and I think he should be on the team, barring something terrible. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. I, I have him just on the edge of mine, but he, or the extra, I guess, because you get to carry a couple extra forwards. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, the 2022 thing was kind of what played more of a role in that for me, but uh, um, still, I, I could definitely see that as well. Yeah, I also had a question mark beside Lafreniere as a possible extra. I, I haven't seen enough, near enough out of him this year to make me think he's going to take the jump to be a top 12 already next year. Yeah, it seems pretty far-fetched, but it's just something to like look out for at least. Yeah, I was trying to think of some other rookies too, and I have a couple for other, other countries maybe, but not for Team Canada, I was just kind of like, I, I don't know, like that's tough. Yeah, Canada's like, it's so tough. Like a Lafreniere could be hugely in the running for even like America or definitely a Swedish team. But like Canada's going to literally ice 12 superstars, even if they butcher the roster construction. So it's it's tough for him. Yeah, like I'm trying to think, especially up front, is there a, is there a forward that you could see Canada realistically taking that would like literally upset you? Cause I, I don't, I don't think there is like in terms of like just names that we've seen in the past and who would be on their radar. I, I really don't know if there is. Yeah. Up front it'd be really like, I don't think they should take Shifley and they probably will, but like, I don't know. I'd probably say Shifley's like the 16th best Canadian forward. And if they play him on the fourth line as if he's like the 11th, that's not exactly insane. Yeah, exactly. And even just like, like, I think if they took R&H, I think that would be a little wild. But again, like, it's like the 18th best forward. It's not like when Justin Ablicator made the U.S. team. It's like you just took, like, the 33rd best American forward and, and stuck him on your fourth line to play, quote-unquote, shutdown role, you know? Yeah, because at least R&H can, he can sling it on a top line in the NHL. It's not like yeah. Justin Ablicator, who's, like, the third line of a mediocre Red Wings team. Exactly. Yeah, R&H is maybe one, but I'd be really surprised if they actually took R&H. Me too. Um, okay, now we go to the defense. This is, I think, where we're really going to differ from um, the people who made the, the original list uh, and the team itself. I'm really we, so we did this as who we would take, not who uh, we think Canada will take, because I already know that Drew Doughty is going to make this team, and I'm going to be upset when it happens. I could honestly see two of Weber, Doughty, and Burns making this team, and I don't think I don't have any of them on my list. I even have a super hot take of one guy. I well for a normal. Normal fans, I think, that I have off. But my decor goes, uh, I have Shea Theodore, Kale McCarr, Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Ellis, and then Dougie Hamilton and Colton Perrieko as my top six. And then the extras I'm bringing are Petrangelo and Thomas Shabbat. 
Yeah, that's fair. So we had incredibly similar decors. I only had one extra, but if I had two, Perieko would be the other one. I had Petrangelo and Shabbat in. Yeah, like the, the so I went Theodore Makar, same top pair, Petrangelo, Dougie, and then Shabbat Spurgeon instead of Ellis okay. there. Yeah, so like, I mean, that's fair. I, yeah, I mean, so we have pretty similar ones, but I feel like that's not what's going to happen at all, you know? Like, and I just think like, even that, so mine, I went like Theodore McCars, they're two young guys that are keep growing. Uh, Spurgeon and Ellis are two of the best, you know, defensive def- defensemen or just two-way guys that we've seen in a while. And I mean, Dougie and uh, I had Perieko just because of the age thing. I think you could put Petrangelo in pretty easily. Um, and especially with it being Doug Armstrong, I think Perieko will make the team, but uh, you never know. Yeah. But, you know, it's those seven or eight is kind of what I have in mind. And then I had a guy like Morgan Riley on the fringe as well. If one of those guys were to get hurt before the tournament starts, um, that's a guy I would consider as well. And then I don't know, like maybe Mark Giordano, if he just continues to defy the age curve, but I think he's probably too old to, to really make this team at this point. Yeah, I agree. And there's one thing where like, He's old enough, but he's still good enough. I wouldn't exactly be shocked if Mark Giordano has a higher like war than Thomas Shabbat in the 2022 season. But like when your forwards are this good, your defenseman's only job is to get that the puck in your skilled forwards hands. So I think a guy like Shabbat could play better or even a Morgan Riley could play better or like fit the scheme more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, the athletic, uh, Eric had uh, Theodore McCarr and then Morgan Riley, Colton Perrieco, Josh Morrissey, Alex Petrangelo, and then his extras were Shabbat and Drew Doughty. Um, so obviously Doughty, I, I don't need to get into that. I disagree with that one. Um, and Josh Morrissey, I really, I don't think he should be anywhere on Team Canada's radar. Uh, he was horrible last year. He hasn't looked great this year either. I think he's a good number two, but when you have seven or eight guys who are very clearly number one defensemen more than that you have probably eight or nine or maybe even 10 options that are number one defensemen in your country uh you don't need to be taking josh morrissey on this team no not even remotely like obviously playing your wrong side hurts defensemen a little bit like i'd rather have colton break on his offside than josh morrissey and that's not even like close yeah, me too. I, and for this, I, I almost didn't, I didn't consider handedness at all because again, when you're this talented, I, I don't think it should matter. I think they should just take the best six or seven guys available and then use them however you use them. Right. And um, Thomas Drantz had uh, Shake Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, and then he had Samuel Gerard, Kale McCarr as a second pair. Um, and then Morgan Riley, Drew Doughty as the third pair and Giordano Ellis as the uh, extras. Uh, I disagree with this one a lot more, but it's pretty clear that Drance is going for a lot of team chemistry here because, you know, he had the Marchand Bergeron's Crosby line, which we've seen in Canada before. Uh, he had point playing with Tavares and Marner. So there's two teammates. Um, and now he's got Gerard and Makar on the same pair. I, I think Makar's probably a lock for this team. I, I really don't think Gerard should make it either though. Yeah, the way he's looked this year, Makar might even be a lock for like the top pair already. And I don't even think Gerard should be considered, to be perfectly honest. There's like probably 10 Canadian right-handed defensemen that I think would be better on the left side than Gerard. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think he, I, I like Gerard, but I don't think he's as good as people seem to say. Like, I think he's a a two slash three maybe instead of like a, a fringe one, which I think a lot of people would have him as. Yeah, and there's this weird thing where, like, nobody talks about, like, people like Gerard because he looks so good when you watch him. But it's like, if you watch Jared Spurgeon, like, this guy still looks fantastic, too. It's just that he also has superstar-level results to go along with it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, in that, I have uh, Carter Hart backed up by Darcy Kemper. And the third goalie I actually took was Carey Price. Um I think Carey Price will probably still be the starter next year, even though he probably shouldn't be. Uh, my my extra possible guy was Mackenzie Blackwood as well, depending on how next year goes, I think. Um, I don't really know. I think this is definitely the weak spot in Canada's roster for, uh, you know, this year. Um, I took Price because I do think there's still something to be said about the, uh, I don't know if clutch aspect is it, but when we see him be healthy and he's rested for most of a year, like in the playoffs, he performed very well. And again, that might be a small sample size, but I'm willing to take him as a third goalie, especially because he's had experience in all of these situations. Um, And then, you know, Carter Hart, I'm just, again, I'm projecting him to take another step forward, hopefully as a young, a young goaltender. Um, And then Darcy Kemper has just been, 
one of the quietly one of the best Canadian goaltenders of the past two or three years. So, yeah, I think Kemper's. I have Kemper the exact same three goalies. I think not taking Kemper would be a humongous mistake, and I'm also pretty certain they're not going to. Yeah, I almost didn't. I didn't know he was Canadian until we started doing this. If I'm being completely <laughs> I didn't honest. either. I yeah, I was sorting my goalies with Canadian. I was like, oh wow, Kemper's Canadian. Yeah, I think you have to have him. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I would be almost shocked if he gets taken unless he just continues his run of un, un, unreal goaltending this year and and really gets noticed. Um, uh, the, 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 both the guys from the Athletic had the same three in a different order. Drance had Bennington, Hart, and then Price, and then Eric had uh, Price, Hart, and then Bennington. Um, I I don't agree with Jordan Bennington being on the team. I, I don't think he's all the. I think he's an average starting goaltender. I would probably have him fifth or sixth among active Canadian goalies right now, probably. Yeah. I wouldn't even take Bennington as an extra. I think there's a greater chance of Blackwood to be. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. I would say that he is probably, um, he would be on the B team for a Canadian team, but I don't even think he, I don't think he'd be starting for the B team either. No, I don't really think so. So, um, yeah, I, I disagree with that one. Um, but Hart, Price, and Kemper, you just run the hot hand, whoever's looked best that year, I think. Um, and I don't mind any of those. Um, so that's our Team Canada. Uh, can give us our thoughts on that, or give us your thoughts on that. We'll go to the next teams. Uh, that was obviously probably going to be the most in-depth one, seeing as Chase and I are both Canadian. But this is another one that was really interesting to make. Um their forwards drop off pretty fast, and that's Team America. Um, Greg Wyshynski was bragging about how good the, the roster looked um, uh, because they were projecting it. And I, I kind of went when I was doing this, like he was bragging about their center depth, and they have a, a great one two punch, and even their three C is not bad. But we just got off talking about how many, like there's like nine center on team, centers on Team Canada's roster because there's so many elite ones they need to play wing. And I had a trouble finding a fourth center for team America that, that seemed like it would actually fit. So uh, again, I'll start with my top six. I have uh, Johnny Goudreau centered by Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane is on the wing. And then I have Brock Besser, Jack Eichel and Matthew Kachuk as a second line. So my idea there was kind of um, a first line of Goudreau, Matthews, Kane. I know Kane's not very good defensively, but he's still really good offensively. And, and Matthews is a pretty, pretty quiet, good, um, second line or sorry, uh, defensive centerman. So I think he could help balance him out a little bit. And then Johnny Goudreau, I, I, he's just a point producer. So I, I think that would be high offense. And then, you know, you got a sniper in Brock Besser, a playmaker in Jack Eichel and, and a grinder to go get the puck in Matthew Kachuk, but they're all skilled on that second line. So that was my idea there. Yeah. I had the exact same top six as you just with the instead of Besser, same idea, sniper to play on that line. I don't really feel super passionately about which one plays where, but they'll both probably be in the mix there. Yep. Um, and then I had in the bottom six, this is where it gets a little more interesting. I had Dylan Larkin. I think he's the obvious three C on this team. Uh, but then on the wings, I took JT Miller and Brady Kachuk. Uh, and then I have Kyle Connor centered by, I'm going to, I had Vincent Trocheck, but I'm going to actually change it out projecting forward and uh, shout out to Nick for this one, because he, he asked me about it today. I'm going to put Jack Hughes on my fourth line center and then Jake Gensel is the right winger. Um, I have a couple possible extras uh, to bring it Pacioretty, um, Paul Mary, Oshie, Lee, I guess. And then Blake Wheeler. I wouldn't put Blake Wheeler on this team, but I think he's probably a lock for it anyways. I, I just don't think that's right. Yeah, I, I think Wheeler's going to get the Dowdy treatment where, like, if you're projecting who you think the lineup will actually be, not who you think it should be, like, you basically have to have him there, even yeah. though he should not be. Um, what about your bottom six? My bottom six is pretty similar. I have Pacioretty, Larkin, and Besser. And then for the fourth-line center, I don't really know how often he plays center, but I've seen JT Miller listed as a center a ton, so I went with Gensel, JT Miller at center, and then Brady to Chuck. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So you'd be leaving Kyle Connor off the team then? Yeah, I had Connor as an extra, and then I had a question mark behind beside Jack Hughes. I think Jack Hughes is pretty easily the fourth-line center if this year keeps going as it looks like it is, but we're like 10 games in, so I just left it as a question mark right now. Yep, that's totally fair. I would probably put then Trocheck and Pacioretty as my two extras, and then yeah, have a have a couple guys on the edge. Um, the Athletics uh, roster for this is wild. Uh, 
Scott Burnside made it. Um, and then also Craig Custance made his roster and Pierre Lebrun made his roster. So both Pierre Lebrun's, uh, he had Matthew Kachuk, Austin Matthews, Patrick Kane, pretty, pretty standard first line. Right. Uh, and then Kyle Connor, Jack Eichel, Blake Wheeler, which, uh, that gets ugly already. Yeah. I just say great centerman, not two great wingers on the outside. Third line, JT Miller, Joe Pavelski, Brock Besser, and then fourth line of Goudreau, Larkin, and Pacioretty. I would laugh my ass off if that's how for, the forwards are applied. Extras, Kevin Hayes and Brady Kachuk. Um, Craig Custance, Johnny Goudreau, Austin Matthews, Blake Wheeler. Again, Wheeler in the top, in top line, not great. JT Miller, Jack Eichel, Patrick Kane, Kyle Connor, Dylan Larkin, Brock Besser, Matthew Kachuk, Jack Hughes, Brady Kachuk. Uh, and then extras Gensel and Pavelski. Uh, and then um, Scott Burnside had Kyle Connor, Austin Matthews, Blake Wheeler, Jake Gensel, Jack Eichel, Patrick Kane, Matthew Kachuk, Dylan Larkin, TJ Oshie, JT Miller, wow. Joe Pavelski, Anders Lee with Pacioretty and Blake Coleman as an extra forward. Um, I, I don't agree with, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler obviously being on there. I don't believe, I don't agree with uh, Kyle Connor being that high on most rosters. I wouldn't consider Joe Pavelski for my team, and I certainly would not be considering uh, Blake Coleman for my team either. Yeah, there's this weird narrative that's been going around that, like, the states have almost caught Canada. And if people are like, oh, looking at the Olympic rosters that are being mocked up this week, it's really made me realize how close Canada and the states are. And for me, it's honestly had the opposite effect. I think the gap is bigger looking at these rosters than I would have thought before we did this experiment. Because the states are going to be icing multiple dudes who just like aren't even needle movers at five on five. And Canada's probably going to be cutting one of like Patrice Bergeron or Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, the forward depth is just still so disgustingly weighted in Canada's uh, favor. I I think the defense is a little closer if both guys, if both teams use it right. And I think both teams will probably use the wrong defenseman in wrong ways as well. So, and and the goaltending, the top two goaltenders are definitely in favor of, of the States, but the, the the forward depth is just incredible. I'm kind of with you where like, I thought that the gap wasn't that small. And then I looked at the forward depth and it's like, how many American forwards would make team Canada? I have Matthews and Eichel as locks. And even like Eichel, I think moves to the wing and maybe Austin Matthews too. Like, and then I think maybe Goudreau makes the team. Goudreau probably does. So I was looking at this because, and I ran, I took from 2018 on or 2017, 18 on how many. And then I went to evolving hockey, pulled up the war numbers. Obviously the exact names will change and like, where they are, but the general trend will still probably be the same by 2022. They have plus three war as a superstar in that write-up. How many Canadians on my team do you think have plus three war per 82 games out of 12 forwards? Mm, I would say 11 of them. Yeah, it was 10, assuming. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then how many of Americans do you think? I would say Goudreau, Matthews, Eichel, that's probably it for the forward core. Maybe yeah, Goudreau, Larkin, but... Goudreau just missed. It was Matthews and Eichel. Yeah, so two. Yeah, and like, like man, like I, I think you could make an argument for about uh, two are locks. Eichel and Matthews are locks for if they went to Team Canada. Not just um, locks, but like would be in the top six. Yes, like I think, you know, like imagine running like a Matthews McDavid minor from North America, but it's, it's four years later, five years later, and everyone's yeah, in their peak. But yeah, like those two are locks and, and like key contributors. I think you could make an argument for Goudreau, maybe Dylan Larkin as a bottom guy, a bottom line guy or an extra. And then like maybe someone like Matthew Kachuk or even Patrick Kane, depending if you just say the rest of Canada's team is so good defensively, will be okay. But again, all three of those or all four of those guys, I think there's arguments for and against having them off or on. Admittedly, like Kane's NHL numbers are going to be way worse than all of the Canadian forwards unless they make a really large mistake. But like, I do think in this tournament, you can get more out of Patrick Kane than any other time because we both had Kane with Matthews. Like Kane's big thing is he can put the puck in the net and he can make everyone on the ice with him put the puck in the net at a higher rate. He just can't drive play. But here they can actually put him with one of the best play drivers in the league. So I think you can put him in the perfect spot to be like as efficient and as effective as possible. 
Exactly. That's why I had him on my top line as well. So it was the exact same thought there where it's like, yeah, he's not great. He's, he's bad in his own end. He doesn't drive play real well, but you put him with Matthews and Goudreau, who, who's been, you know, he had a, a bad year last year, but he's been an amazing player the pr- previous couple of years. So you put him with those two or, you know, anyone, you another just strong winger, right? And I think you get a lot out of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we can move on from the forwards here. Defensively, again, our, I think our lists are going to change a lot with um, – um, the, the three guys that made their list here. I had, uh, I, I went for a little more balance in the lineup here. I went Slavin and Hughes as my top pairing, McAvoy and Krug as my second pairing. And then I, I went Wierenski and Adam Fox as my third pairing. And the Adam Fox picks, I think pick is maybe a bit out of the box, but again, if I'm projecting forward a little bit, I, I think he could be there. And then I, I took uh, John Carlson and Seth Jones as my two extras uh, and then guys on the edge were Ryan McDonough, Jeff Petrie, and uh, Pesci. Yeah, that sounds about right. I had a very similar group. I went Hughes McAvoy for top, uh, Slavin, and then John Carlson, and then Wierenski and Adam Fox as the third pair. And then I put old man Ryan Suter as the extra, but you do like McDonough or whatever too. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the athletic Burnside had Hughes Petrie as his top pair, which is a little bit laughable. Uh, McDonough Carlson as a second pair, and then Slavin McAvoy is the third pair. Extras Tory Krug and Seth Jones. Um, second pair, he had, uh, or sorry, uh, uh, Craig Customs had Quinn Hughes, Seth Jones, Slavin, J- uh, John Carlson, Ryan Suter, Charlie McAvoy, Zach Wierenski, Jeff Petrie. Uh, and then Pierre Lebrun had Slavin, Seth Jones, Tori Krug, John Carlson, Quinn Hughes, Charlie McAvoy, and then McDonough and Petrie as his extras. Uh, again, when you know what I said about the Doughty thing, where it's like I, he's definitely going to be on this team, it makes me feel a little bit better because I, I know for sure that America is going to take Seth Jones and probably play in top pair minutes, which I, I really just don't think you can justify at this point. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, at least assuming Makar keeps progressing, Doughty won't play top pair minutes. But like, if I was projecting your actual lineup, I would have Seth Jones leading this team in time on ice without blanking. Yeah, exactly. I, I think there is, even if Doughty makes a team, I, I think there's probably a, a good a good chance that he is like the number six guy on the team, right? There, That's for your quote unquote veteran leadership. Kind of like what the Jay Bomeister uh, was in 2014 and 2016, or even I, I think Nieder, uh, Scott Niedemeyer, made the team in, in 2010. Right. So, um, you know, that kind of idea where I don't think Doughty's that good, but I definitely think that, you know, someone like, um, Seth Jones on this American team is going to, going to lead the team in ice time. A hundred percent. And it kind of sucks for them because defense is the one place actually goaltending they have a distinct advantage, but in terms of skaters, their defenseman is they're like optimizing their defense is basically their only hope of catching the Canadian skaters. Yeah, I mean, if both teams optimize their defense, I would give probably a slight edge to Canada, but it wouldn't be that far. You know, I, I think that uh, uh, McAvoy, I really think he's close to a top five guy in the league. I really love his game. Uh, Slavin's a, a top 15, top 20 guy, right? Uh, Krug's probably still a top 30. Hughes is a top 30. Fox is, I don't know, depends. We'll see what this year looks like. He's around a top 30. Wierenski's in there as well. And then, you know, whoever, if you want to put Suter or, or Carlson or whoever, right. Um, and even McDonough, you know, they're, they're all kind of around there. Um, so I give a slight edge to Canada if used properly, but it's not like it's a drastic change. And I, again, if you use them properly, I, I think it wouldn't be that big. It wouldn't even be a much of a drop off. Right. So. Yeah. I, the way I have the rosters mocked up, I have Canada's defenseman worth 0. 0.5 one more war per season on average, which is just within error bars, basically to say their defense cores are more or less the same, assuming you don't butcher the way you line them up. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, I, like I like Jeff Petrie a lot, but I, I just, I didn't even like, I considered him for the team, but the fact that he's like top line on some of these guys uh, um, lineups is a little concerning, I think. It, it concerned me for your player evaluation. How you think Jeff Petrie is better than Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, or like Quinn Hughes, you know? Yeah, like I think uh, McAvoy-Hughes is just the most logical pairing in the world that will just be awesome to watch for these guys. Yeah, I mean, I I split them up just so you had McAvoy on the second line and then Slavin-Hughes because I thought there was more balance. But um, if you want to just be all entertainment all the time while those guys are on the ice, that is definitely the way to go. But Yeah, I think that'd be so fun. And then they have like the – I think John Carlson makes the team and runs the power play 
just because he's so freaking good at it in Washington as well. I think you had him on the extras. Yeah, I had him as my seventh defenseman. Yeah, he's one where I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. I don't think it'd be crazy to not play him, but I have a feeling he will be there. I, I, I could see him being in like where my Adam Fox role is, third pair defenseman who just dominates power play time. Yeah, which would probably be perfect for him. Yeah, um, yeah, and then that's my defenseman. Goalies, I think everyone's probably got the same three for America because it drops off quick after this. Hellebuck, Gibson, and Demko. You could switch Gibson and Hellebuck, and, and I probably wouldn't care. It's whoever's hotter. Demko would be the third. The only other questionable guy I think would be Ben Bishop is the fourth. Um, and I had Bishop is my three, kind of forgetting that he's hurt for this entire season and old already. Yeah, he's like 35 and has been dealing with a couple major injuries. So I left him off my team in favor of Thatcher Demko, who I'm crossing my fingers, takes another step forward, although it hasn't looked like it early this season. So, but like after that, it really, really drops off quickly. Like, like You're quickly. Like Jonathan Quick territory very fast. And that's yeah. I'm I'm sorting by uh, here. Also, let's just say percentage on quant hockey here. Uh, games played last year by or no here we'll, we'll go save percentage not game played. Um, I'll, I'll eliminate the guys who have one or two because you know guys like Caden Primo only played two games and led with a 931 save percentage. Hellebuck had a 922. Hal Pedersen had a 922 in 25 games. Bishop 33 920. Alex Stalock, Ryan Miller, then Thatcher Demko, Jonathan Quick, Jack Campbell, John Gibson. Craig Anderson, Charlie Lindgren, Corey Schneider, Jim Howard, Keith Kincaid, Garrett Sparks. So I literally think the fifth option for this team might be Ryan Miller or Cal Patterson. I was like, going to say Jack Campbell by Olympic time, assuming that Miller Yes, yeah, go. yeah, that's true. But, like, that's, that's not exactly the ideal thing you want to have, right? So That's the Leafs' backup goalie there, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that uh, – you know, but they're, they're top two there. The goaltender, the big thing is Hellebuck and Gibson. Both those guys have been MVP level over the past three years. Um, like Vesna level goaltenders, you know, Gibson had a rough year last year, but he's looked really good early on this year. So that is where they, I think they have a distinct advantage over Canada's goaltending heading into next year. Yeah. And it, it almost hurts them in a way that only one goalie plays, although whichever goalie team USA plays, they will have a distinct advantage over whichever Canada plays because it will be one of Hellebuck or Gibson and then probably yes. one of Hart or Price. And either way you combine those names, the States have a pretty overwhelming edge. Yes, totally agree. Um, all right, let's go to Sweden then. Uh, this was Pierre Lebrun and Eric uh, I don't know, Dutch Deck. Is that what I'm I don't know. I, I, I apologize. Or something along the Yeah. Lines. Uh, I apologize for butchering uh, his name, but uh, they, they made their team Sweden lineups and we did as well. Um, this was an interesting one as well. I, uh, I definitely had a lot of different names than they did. That's for sure. Um, my top line, I made Gabriel Landeskog, uh, Elias Pettersson, and uh, William Nylander on the right side. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I, I guess I should, I should go top six. That's what we've been doing. And then my second line, Philip Forsberg, Mika Zibanejad, and Elias Lindholm as a winger. That's kind of funny. We have the exact same top six. Okay. Well, there we go. Um, it's a little different than what they have. Um, that being said, uh, not, not too much different, actually, I guess, than Eric's. And then I, mean, I haven't found LeBron's yet. There his is. Uh, LeBron actually had the exact same top six as me, too. So, or as us as well. Like, literally, Landis Scott, Patterson, Nylander, Forsberg, Zabanej, and Lindholm. So, that's pretty funny. I think their top line is, like, basically set in stone. And then most of that second line is too. Although if you wanted to put like Arvids in there, yeah, Elias Lindholm wouldn't be crazy. I guess William Carlson as the center wouldn't be like nuts either. But I would have Zabanajad. Yeah, me too. I in my third line I had Erickson Eck, Backstrom, and Arvidsson. Uh, and then I had Andreas Janssen, William Carlson, and I took Victor Olafson just because. Factoring in age, I, I think maybe, you know, if he takes a, even just stays kind of where he was last year, he can be a shooter for that fourth line with William Carlson, you know, making plays and Andreas Janssen using his speed as well. Yeah, that's fair. I went a little older. I had Richard Raquel in the top nine, which is something I might might want to take back. And then William Carlson and Arvidsson. And then I had Olofsson and Backstrom being paired on the fourth line with just Nyquist, a good established NHLer. On yeah, Rondo. I... I kind of forgot about Nyquist, but I had Raquel as my 13th forward and then Burakovsky as my 14th. Um, some names I left off that were kind of there, Silverberg, Backlin, 
uh, Brat as well. And then depending how he develops this year, Emil Benstrom was one that I was, I was kind of looking at as well as like a, a dark horse young guy, but I haven't seen, he's only played two games this year and I don't know how well he's going to develop, but if he took a, a step forward or two, he could be on that fourth line, I think as well. That's kind of a fun one. A lot of the lists I had, or I looked at, had like one of Lucas Raymond or Holtz. I forget their first names. I might've butchered those. But like, yeah, the Swedish depth drops off pretty fast. So you can start to experiment with young guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Pierre Lebrun had led, so he went through his top six. His uh, bottom six was Raquel, Backstrom, Arvidsson, uh, and then Mikel Bakulin, William Carlson, Jacob Silverberg, and then his extras were Joel Eriksson Eck and Andre Burakovsky. And then uh, Eriks was Forsberg, Zabanajed, Lindholm as his top line, Nyquist, Pedersen, Nylander. Landeskog, Backstrom, Raquel, Silverberg, Backlund, Arvidsson, and then his extras were Carlson and Burakovsky. Um, so he definitely went with a more depth approach where I'd assume the logic behind there is when you play a team like Canada, they're going to be so deep, you almost need a Gabriel Landeskog on your third line so it doesn't get absolutely crushed. But Yeah, it's maybe not a bad idea. I also had, I kept Backlund as an extra on this team the same way I kept Canada, O'Reilly, and you probably have Bergeron, just like, a nice little Swiss army knife piece that you can kind of play wherever for a team like Canada, where you need a defensive presence. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair too. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. This team is, uh, they're not, you know, they're not deep, deep at wing. I, I think that they lack the high, uh, as much high end talent as the States have, but I think their depth is probably a little bit worse too, but not, not like a significant amount worse either. I, I think that the, the States have a couple more better options at winger as you get down. Like I had Andreas Janssen on this team and I don't really need him there. I think you could probably put in someone like uh, Raquel and I would have no issue with that at all. Right. Or yeah. Holtz or Raymond, if they take a big step forward and, and that'll be huge in a couple years, but just for next year, I, I, I think that this is a pretty clear third place team at best. Yeah. I, I said, I was really surprised because I think Canada's, farther away from team usa than everybody expected or than at least i expected and i also think team usa is farther away from team sweden than i expected when i started to go through their forwards it's pretty underwhelming like Pedersen's their only star forward yeah i mean and then you know william elander is and gabriel landeskog are that next tier where it's like they're both really really good players but they're not top 10 in their position i would say top five no. yeah you know, exactly. like Nylander and Landeskog could probably make the States, but like they're not playing big roles. No, not, not massive roles. And I would say those are their, their two best wingers. And then, you know, Forsberg and Arvidsson uh, need to bounce back a little bit, but you know, they're, they're not bad either. But again, it's like, they're not bona fide top 10 guys at their position either. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. And then like Patterson's the star, but like, I'm reasonably convinced at the moment, Matthews and Michael are both better. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you uh, factor in what's happened this year where he's just been a mess. Yeah, exactly. And then if you look at his numbers through the grain of salt that they're amazing, but like that on ice shooting percentage is going to come down at some point and they're going to look worse than they currently do. Yeah, exactly. So um, let's move on to the defenseman here. This is one where I, uh, I, I definitely probably have different ones than what some people do, but um my top pair, Victor Hedman, top pair defenseman. I don't think anyone is not having that. Uh, I have Matthias Eckholm with him. And then I went Brodeen and Deline, uh, and then Klingberg and Carlson. Uh, I had Carlson as my third pair defenseman just because I'm, I'm kind of weighing what uh, what happened this, what's happened so far this year where he's just been a mess. And even just like, it's been three straight years now of taking an obvious step back, but I, I couldn't not have him on this team. Um, and then I had uh, Lindholm as my extra guy and, Edler, Boquist, and OEL as possible guys that could be on this roster. Yeah, that sounds about right. So Hedman's their second superstar, obviously. Like, that's a complete lock. But it, it's really sad that we didn't get to see the 2018 Olympics because that was going to be the year where Team Sweden had a better position group than anyone else in the tournament, being their blue line with Pete Carlson and Hedman and stuff. But that ship has sailed. Yeah, exactly. Like Pete Carlson, Pete Hedman, Pete Klingberg, I would argue as well. Um, Pete Eckholm probably too, and Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, and then even someone like Brodeen uh, would maybe, you know, be, or even OEL, I think his, you know, he would start, he would be regressing by that point, but he'd be a lot, he'd look a lot better than what he has so far. 
Yeah, exactly. Whereas at this point, it's like Carlson might even be like a Dowdy level pick. Yeah, literally. I just, the only reason that he's still on this team is just because for me anyways, is because I really don't know. They, they don't have as near much depth up front there, um, you know, or sorry, on the, on the blue line in terms of, you know, guys right behind them. But if you told me that someone like Lindholm uh, or even Boquist took a step up and, and overplaced him by next year, I wouldn't be shocked by any means. Yeah, exactly. I actually had Lindholm over him. So I went Hedman Klingberg and then Eckholm Lindholm, which is an annoying thing to say. And then Brodeen Carlson as a third pair with Dallin very easily being able to overtake Carlson, depending on how the next year goes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Eric had uh, the Hedman, Brodeen, Deline, Carlson, Lindholm, Klingberg, and his extras were Eckholm and OEL. Um, and then uh, LeBron had Hedman, Carlson, OEL, Klingberg, uh, Deline, Brodeen, and then his extras as Eckholm and Lindholm. So it's a pretty similar seven guys. And then OEL is their eighth, but just in a bit of a different order than what we had. Yeah. It's, it's going to be those eight for sure. Both of us won't believe that OEL should be there, although he almost certainly will be. And that will be a mistake that I don't think uh, team Sweden can afford to make because they're not that good. Yes. I, I totally, to Canada. totally agree. Um, where they are really good is in goaltending. I think it's them in the, the States that have the two best goaltending duos in the, in the tournament. If this started today, and I think fairly enough to probably project over to the next year too. Uh, I had Robin Leonard starting Jacob Markstrom as the backup and then Linus Olmark as the third. It, it really drops off a cliff at the third, but Leonard Markstrom is the two that everyone will have. Um, did you have Leonard or Markstrom as your starter? I had Leonard starting and then Markstrom as a backup and then it dropped off so fast that I didn't even bother with a third string goalie because they're not seeing the ice with these two guys. No, I had Linus Olmark. And then if you really want to get into who might make the team, Marcus Hoberg was my fourth, fourth option. But um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, we don't even need to touch on that too much. I, both the guys who picked Sweden's roster here had uh, Markstrom as the starter. I think that's a bit of Canadian bias and just recency bias. Uh, Leonard, for whatever reason, doesn't get the credit he should that of being an amazing goaltender. He was amazing in uh, New York. Uh, and, you know, everyone kind of thought maybe that'd be Barry Trotz system, went to Chicago behind the worst defensive team, looked amazing there, went to Vegas, looked really good there as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think I would start Leonard, but that's a pretty good one-two punch. I, I don't know if you're really going super wrong either way. Yeah, I think like Leonard's clearly the starter for me, but Markstrom's good enough. It's not like it's actively sewering your team for starting either one of them. Exactly. Um Let's get to Team Russia then. Uh, so, you know, I, we, before we started recording, I said, I definitely feel like I'm just missing a star player. It was on Team Russia. I didn't have Nikita Kucherov in my lineup somehow. I just <laughs> totally looked over it. Uh, this is um, – these lineups are something, man. Uh, I don't know if – oh, I forgot Tarasenko too. Okay, because Team Russia doesn't look as bad as I thought they might have. Um, Admittedly, though, like they're a weird team because they're like way worse than the States but they also have like four dudes that would be in the state's top six if you mesh the teams together. Yes. Um, am I crazy? Why? Like, okay. So I'm going to start with, uh, you want me to I start I forgot one of them. Uh, sure. But I, I hold on. I just want to see, like, I'm making sure I put someone on the team that's right. Cause that's not Russian, right? Oh fuck. I forgot. Kuznetsov. Here <laughs> I am thinking I got the team, right? Okay. But like, so did both the guys from the athletic. Corey Pronman and Max but, uh, but, Butman, Boltman, both of them don't have Kuznetsov on the team, which I don't think Kuznetsov is very good, but this guy has Artem Anisimov as his second centerman. They both do. Yeah, because like, um, I don't think people like Kuznetsov because he scores points. I don't even think he would be the fifth line center for team Sweden or America, but like he has to be in this team's top nine because of how bad their centers are. Yeah. Like, unless I'm missing something. No, but, like even like, assuming Datsuk is a human being and has age since we last saw him, he probably has to be a lock for the top six. Yeah. Like that won't. So I, okay. I'll go with my line here. So I had Svechnikov, Malkin, Panarin, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, uh, and then Kucherov is who I, I made my second line. Uh, and then my third line, 
I would have um, um, shit. Who did I? Who did I just say? I forgot. Tarasenko. Tarasenko. I'd probably go Tarasenko, Datsuk, and then I have Kaprasov on that third line. And then my fourth line, I have, I guess, Gusev. Um, I had Barbashev, but I'm looking. They have uh, Shipachov, which I think is a pretty good pick, considering as far as I know, he's still been really good in the KHL. Uh, and then I had uh, Dadanov on my fourth line. Yeah, so we had basically the same team. I had Kucherov and Svechnikov flip. That doesn't really matter. And then I had Budnevich as fourth line left wing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, it's okay. So this is a mess. I, I forgot a bunch of guys. My extras then I will have as uh, Pujarvi and I guess uh, Barbashev or Butchnevich. I don't really care which one. And then guys on the outside looking in, I had Radulov and maybe Kovalchuk. But I, I don't. I wouldn't put Kovalchuk there. But I just I put him there because I think he might be on a, have an outside shot. Yeah, I could see like. Radulov over Dadunov, maybe too. Like Radulov, it's too bad he doesn't play center because he's definitely effective enough to make this team, but oh. they're just so strong wings that he could miss. Okay, so this is why uh, – okay, so just ignore the last uh, – someone's probably just screaming at their phone right now. I missed this. I The double IHF suspended Kuznetsov back in – remember in August 23rd, 2019, uh, for drug abuse, uh, the anti-doping code. Oh. It's because of his, yeah, this case concerns a test indicating a prohibited substance cocaine, according to a section of the World Anti-Doping Code 2019. Uh, Remember when they won the 2019 WHF uh, World Championship and the video came out of him in the hotel room with cocaine with like three other people? Wasn't that after the Caps one? Yes, but it was, uh, yeah, and then it was 2019, right? So I do remember that video. Yeah, and so I, but yeah, so he's suspended, so he won't be allowed in this tournament, I guess. Huh. That's so that makes, yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense because, God, that's a rough center core for Team Russia. Mm-hmm. I, so I would probably go, okay, like trusting for that, I would go Malkin, uh, Shipachev, Datsuk, Barbashev, I guess. Yeah, that's what four. I have Datsuk in the top six, but what's he going to be like 41? So I don't 43. Know. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that's especially because Malkins looked obviously again 10 games. I expect him to turn around because he was fantastic last year, but Malkins looked really bad this year too. Like that's an ugly center core. Yeah. I mean, this team is kind of wild. Uh, their wings, like I would go Svechnikov, Panarin, Ovechkin, Kucherov. That's a pretty good top four wingers and then i would have kaprasov and probably tarasenko as my third third line wingers and then just kind of take your pick yeah i also don't know why i wrote down pujarvi on this team he's finnish um yeah i heard you say that and i assumed you just misspoke i i meant to go put him on the finnish team and i i scratched him off of this team so i would have gusev and uh or dadanov and then buchnevich and Radulov, I guess, is my extra two forwards. Yeah, something like that. I put some thought into Mikheyev as well, but um, just with that yeah, many I guys can... I forgot, I kind of left them out. And then Denis Guryanov's the other guy that these guys have that I didn't. Mm, yeah, I guess so. It's too bad one of these skilled wingers doesn't play center. Like a Svechnikov yes. being a centerman would make this team look so much better. Yeah, and then other names that we left off, uh, Mikhail Grigorenko is the third C, and Artem Anisimov is the second C for Pradman as well. I would just, I would not have Artem Anisimov on this team. I, I really don't care. I think you could find better guys in the KHL than him. He's bad. Artem Anisimov shouldn't even be on an NHL team, never mind bar- the top seven Olympic he, team. He barely is. He's Ottawa's 13th forward right now, and Ottawa's horrible. Yeah, it was pretty what everybody to be considered one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, Um um, uh, Max had, uh, someone named Sergey Andronov, I believe. And then Alex, uh, Alex Kidyakin. I don't know the two guys from the KHL. So I, I'm sure their bottom of their lineup could also be filled out with a guy or a center or two from the KHL. Like I, I think Shipachov, the more I look at it probably is a lock for this team. And someone like Datsuk honestly might be as well. Yeah. The Russia is always tough. Cause like, I'd be really, really surprised if there's not some random center in the KHL we've never heard of who's not better than Anisimov and Barbashev and, like, those kind of guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, defense then. Uh, This I'm more confident on. I don't think I – 
Yeah, I'm looking over. I, I didn't miss anyone on defense. Um, uh, Sergachev, Provorov was my top pair. Uh, and then I went Orlov, Gavrikov, and then I had Romanov and Zaitsev with my extra being uh, um, Kulikov. Yeah, I had the exact same thing, just Zadorov in for Gavrikov. Uh, Zadorov was the other guy that I, uh, I was thinking. Um, I don't think he's really good, though, and at least there's been some one year of data that says Gavrikov might be okay, so I figured I'll put him on my second pair. What the hell? Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't think Zadorov's good either. I think Romanov taking a step would be huge because then at least they could go like Sergachev, Orlov, Provorov, and Roma, Romanov. That's really they, annoying to say. I was then saying, that would be four top four defensemen at least. Yeah, it's illegal for your name not to end in a V uh, to be on this blue <laughs> line. Um, but also, this is a sad defense core, and this is probably the best they have had in years. Yeah, this looks way better than they've had in a while, but like Zaitsev's still going to be on the team. Yes. Like, um, even if Zaitsev is just the slightly above average defenseman we've seen this year, which I'm still not sold on, but even if he was a, a number three or a number four, that's just so much worse than what most of these teams have. But like, this yeah. is still not like their 2014 team had Andre Markov at like 37 years old or whatever. <laughs> and then Orlov as well, just, uh, you know, and that was the team. And then like their 2010 team was Markov, Gonchar. And I don't even know who else was on that team. Like, I forgot about God. At least he, those two were good. Yes, but like, so like, this is probably still the best team they've had in a while. Uh, our defense core they've had in a while. Um, and then their goaltending, this is pretty strong too. The Vasilevsky solid started to have. I had Samsonov as two and uh, Chesterkin as three, but I also had uh, Sorokin and Varlamov as possible guys or Hudobin or Gorgiev. Pretty much the third is going to be whoever's the best up until that point next year. Yeah, I still had Bob as the third. I think he will be the third, whether he should be or not. Pretty up in the air, but it, it's Vasilevsky's show, and he's going to run with it, and he better be really damn good given how bad the defensemen are. Yeah, if, I'm going to be honest. If Bob posts another 900 this year, I just I don't even think I, – I honestly don't see him making the Olympic team. Whether like yeah, even with like I think it's like his his per, his perception has gotten to the point where everyone's like oh yeah this is really bad like no one really considers him an elite goalie right now and I, I don't know like I I feel like I could see them taking a Vasilevsky I think Vasilevsky and Samsonov are locks in my opinion yep. I I'm kind of surprised they don't have them both on the um, team here unless Samsonov gets suspended too and I don't know about it but. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's clearly the top two. Unless of one of Shusterkin has like a nine thirty this year that we just don't see coming. You know, they just called Samsonov an up and comer, which I didn't, don't think I would at twenty seven years old or whatever. But um, yeah, but like yeah, and then I think it's Shusterkin or um, even Sorokin uh, from the Islanders. Uh, you know, if he plays well, it's just kind of going to be whoever I think is the best. But this is probably where they're deepest, which is the the saddest thing, because this really isn't where you want to be deepest if you're doing a best on best tournament. Yeah, not at all. That's very unfortunate for them, actually. Yeah. Um, OK, and then we have uh, Team Finland. Uh, this is the last team we're going to do. We'll run through this one really quick. Uh, I'm going to pull up their roster as well, see if I can see it. Oh, I, I guess I should go through there their uh, team real quick, the athletic head. So Max had, I uh, went through their defense, right? Uh, Porovarov, Orlov, Gavrikov, Sergachev, Romanov, Zaitsev, Extra Zadorov, and Alex Alexiev, who plays for the Capitals, and Nettie and Vasilevsky, Varlamov backing up in Shosturkin. Um, And then Corey Pronman had Provorov, Orlov, Romanov, Sergachev, Gavrikov, Zaitsev. I think that would be an ideal probably one that they could roll. And then Nikita Nesterov and Nikita Zadorov, and then Vasilevsky backed up by Varlamov and, and Shosturkin. So disagree with not having Samsonov on the team, but uh, it's pretty obvious, I think, kind of which top four they're going to have in defense and then just kind of a choose your choose the best of the worst for the bottom bottom two guys and your extra. Yeah, pick your poison there. Um, and let me check to see if they have – it doesn't look like Finland is out yet. It'll probably come out tomorrow, I would – oh, actually – Yes, they do have Finland out. Okay, cool. Um, so for Team Finland, I had uh, – I'm just looking at their lines right now, making sure I didn't forget anyone super obvious. No, I did not. Okay. Um, I had Tevu Teravainen, Sebastian Aho, Patrick Laine, and then Rupi Hintz, Andre Barkov – or uh, Alex Barkov, sorry, not Andre. Uh, and then Miko Rantanen as my top six. 
Yeah, I had a little bit different of top steps because I went Ranton and Barkov line A and then Teravine and Aho Kapanen. Yep, that's fair. I had Kapanen on my third line to try and I had Kapanen, Kakniami, and Granlin as my third line, trying to spread it out. And then Puyarvi, Hala, and Lekkinen, I guess, is my fourth line. Yeah, I went, I flipped Hins and then Kapanen. So Hins, Granlin, Hala, and then Puyarvi, Kakniami, Donskoy. Yep, that's fair. I had uh, Donskoy as my 13th forward. Um, who was in the lineup until I forgot Puyarvi. Um, and then I had extras. Uh, I put down Koivu, Miku Koivu, depending on how he ages. Uh, I thought about Joel Armia a little bit as well. I left him off. Um, and then Kapokako is someone I wanted to see, you know, if he takes an actual step up from being the worst player in the league, you know? Yeah, I had Kapo with a question mark as an extra because, like, yeah, I did that. It would be nice to see him progress, but like he'd just have to progress so far to even reach like Eric Hall's level because he was that bad last year. Yeah, I mean, I can see him making the team if he puts up some points this coming year or this year and next year, but I, I don't know. Like he, he's really got to – like it, it's sad that we're saying he needs to take a massive jump forward to become what Joel Armia is right now or yeah, like exactly. our Terry Lekkinen, like, you know. Because he was just that bad. And he's yes. still has to catch just like random depth players from decent teams, like fourth lines. Yep, exactly. Um, so they did Thomas Durant's had Kapanen, Barkov, Rantanen, Teravainen, Aholainen. So same top six as you. Uh, and then Joel Kervanta, Rupi Hintz, Jonas Donskoy, uh, Mikkel Granlin, Jesperi Kakniemi, Joel Armia. And then his extras were Hala and Komarov. I think Hala's got to be in the lineup, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. Comrade like, being wild. Yeah, like Comrade being an extra is kind of wild to me. I put zero thought into him being there. He got waved by the freaking Islanders. Yeah, like he, he's just, he was cooked when he left Toronto, and that was like three years ago now. I'm a little surprised Pugliarvi's not even on the list, but. Yeah, me too. Admittedly, this team should have a really fun top six. Yes, that, the top six is pretty strong. And. Um, you know, they obviously compared to Canada, it's good where the, the depth kind of drops off. But I, I think even if they balance it out a little bit where it's, uh, um, you know, if you put a guy like Kapanen or maybe you slide a Rantanen down to the third line, they still might be able to compete with, you know, the Russias and the States of the world. Yeah, for sure. Finland's always a really fun team to cheer for in this tournament because they're clearly in their own tier where like they're not as good as the States, Sweden, Russia or Canada, but they're also not as bad as the rest of the teams. So they're like just competitive enough that they can reasonably swing an upset and they're still fun to watch. Yeah. They're always outside the big four, but they're a little bit, it's kind of them in the Czech Republic, but they're even ahead of the Czech Republic. And then the Czechs are always an obvious six. And then it's like Slovakia, uh, Switzerland and Germany now, I guess would be seven, eight, nine, and then take your pick for whoever's 10, 11, 12. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. So they're yeah. a really, they're always my, the team I cheer for a second because they're fun enough. They always work hard too. Like there's never been a, a Finland national team that doesn't just like, and, and that's like over, like obviously everyone works hard, but it's like, they're always outskilled and working hard to the point where it's like, you should have a, in theory, you could beat this team six, one, and it's going to be a two, one game that you're just trying to grind out here. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. And now it's nice. Cause they actually have some like really high end talent up front, at least with Aho, Barkov, Terabine and Line, Rantanen. Yeah, exactly. Um, back end, the defense, I had uh, – this This is where they really struggle right now. They they don't produce too many good defensemen. Um, I uh, I had Lindell, Heiskanen, Valimaki, Hanola, and then I went Nudavara and Ristolainen with my idea that Ristolainen probably runs the power play. Um, and then my extras were uh, Yoki Haru. I said possibly you levy or Sammy Niku or only Mata, but the, the first two would just really have to step up a lot. And then Sammy Vatnin is another name. I think you could throw in there as well. Yeah. I think I had Vatnin as an extra. This team's decor is so ugly. Like Heiskanen is not going anywhere, but like, that's the only lock. Like I had Heiskanen hello Hanola as the top line. Yeah. I mean, I had Hanola my second pair and it was just, because I was like, I'll I'll put the I'll put the Dallas guys together, right? Lindell and Heiskanen. Yeah, I go for a little bit of that chemistry, but yeah, it's just such an ugly back end for these guys. They have so many guys that were were young and supposed to be good and just never panned out or haven't yet. Like 
you levy Sammy Niku, Valamaki to an extent. Like he's an okay defenseman, but it's not like he's amazing. Ristolainen definitely fits in that category. Uh, and hopefully Ville Hanola is not the next guy to go there because um, that would be a shame. Yeah, that would suck. And for the Finnish national team's sake, they would really like they could really use him being good. Yeah, same with like even like a Yoka Haru being like a, a number three or a number four would just be such an upgrade on Falamaki and Nudavara in this lineup, right? Like Yeah, exactly. Did you have Ristolina in your team? Uh yeah, I had him on the third pair. That's another yeah. one where like, you sh- like if you're trying to optimize war or whatever, you should probably not have Ristolina on your team, but like he'll run the power play and that's fine. He's not the worst defenseman in the league and he is going to be there. So I just put him there. Yeah, me too. I, I had him as the sixth and, you know, I think, and I, I honestly don't, I mean, in a best on best term, he's going to probably get killed on it anyways. But if you used him as a number six with power play time, I think that's the best possible use. And I honestly don't know if you would get much more out of uh, Sammy Vatnin playing higher in the lineup or, or Sammy Niku playing anywhere in the lineup. Right. Like uh, I just, so I, I think that's why I had him. Burnside had uh, Lindell, Heiskinen, Nudavara, Ristolainen, Valamaki, Vatnin, Extras, Hanola, and Yanni Hankapa. Oh, God. From the Ducks, I guess. <laughs> um, and then, uh, sorry, let me go find. Drance had Lindell, Heiskinen, Valamaki, Vatnin, Nudavara, Ristolainen, with Hanola and Yokoharu as his, his extras. So that's pretty similar to ours. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah, Heiskanen's going to have a rough time. Yes. Uh, in net, um, three or four guys here that I think you could argue bringing. I um, I had someone different. So I had Tuka Rask as the starter. I think until he shows he's clearly regressing, he's got to be the starter. He's still a top 10 goalie in this league. Very good. Um, I had Antti Ranta as a backup because I'm assuming if he's going to this tournament, he's going to be healthy. And when he's healthy, he's also very, very good. And then I had UC Soros, but I think you could also throw in Corpusalo instead of Soros, and I wouldn't be that upset. Yeah, I had the same three. I kind of forgot about Corpusalo. Him or Soros is fine. Like, this is Rask's net. Yep, and I think if Ranta's, Ranta's healthy, I think he should absolutely be the backup, which he's not on the athletics team. They have Rask. Corpusalo Saros, and then uh, Rask, Corpusalo, Koskinen, which uh, I I wouldn't. I think Koskinen's pretty in a pretty obvious five for Finland's goaltenders. Yeah, like Ranta is my backup by like a like a mile. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and like it's because this is not an NHL season where you know if he gets hurt, you're screwed. This is a tournament where it's like we just need him to be healthy for two games maximum six if Rask sucks or gets hurt you know like that's all we need him for and when he has to do that he's shown to be an unreal goaltender yeah like you're talking about periods not games here yeah exactly so um those are our top five um you know the, let, let us know the, the Russia one was a mess I <laughs> that's brutal um but uh yeah let us know who you would have or not have if there was anyone absolutely insane we, we left off or or put on in your opinion um you can find our work at lastwordonhockey.com find me on twitter at nhl sends and stuff chase on twitter at cmhockey66 uh, thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you all next week